When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after. Welcome back to Anything Is Potable, the Boston Celtics podcast on the Athletic Network. I'm Jay King, your host today, Sam Packard. He got sick. We were supposed to record this morning, got a text 10 minutes before we were supposed to record, and uh, turns out Packer can't do it, so that's devastating, but I'll do it myself, and uh, I'm going to be previewing the series that I never wanted. I wanted to be in Miami, I wanted to be on the beach, I wanted to be watching Jimmy Butler, I wanted to be getting a tan, first a sunburn, <laughs> then a tan. I wanted to be swimming in the ocean. I wanted to see the beautiful, beautiful water. I wanted to feel the sunshine on me. I wanted to feel the sand beneath my toes. But no! I'm going to Atlanta. Atlanta. Trey Young, DeJounte Murray. Yeah, yeah, they were okay this year. Not great at all. Certainly shouldn't be the most difficult the most difficult matchup for the Celtics. I don't think they can stop the Celtics. I don't think they have any matchups for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I can't see how they slow down the Celtics offense at all. But Trey Young can certainly score the basketball. Trey Young can certainly pass the basketball. DeJounte Murray can do a lot of things on both ends of the court. The Hawks aren't totally useless. <laughs> Not totally useless. Uh, I do think that the Celtics, looking ahead at a series, were excited that it was they wanted Atlanta over Miami. They thought Atlanta would be the easier series. I don't think the players cared either way. I think they believed, and probably rightfully so, that they weren't whoever they played in the first round. It wasn't going to matter. Um, Miami looked awful in that playing game. I I did not watch it live. I did not watch it live. I went to the Bruins game last night. Bruins are fucking awesome, by the way. They're amazing. They are the greatest team in NHL history, and. Uh, that was my first hockey game in more than 10 years. So it was fun. Got to see that. Uh, but while I was there, just the devastating news that I've got to go to Atlanta instead of Miami. Um, going to take some questions. Going to try to preview the Celtics-Hawks series, do it in 
in a little bit of a fun way. Uh, just go back and forth with some of you guys. Hopefully, we'll have some fun. Start your start your days off the right way. I don't know if any of you guys are in the office listening. I don't know if you're just at home listening. Maybe in bed still listening. It's 9.35. You could be in class listening. I don't, I don't know. Some of you are students. Who knows? Um, but I am looking forward to this podcast. I am looking forward to hearing from some of you. I am sure that Josh B. is ready and raring to go. So we will bring him up to the stage. Josh B., you are on the stage. What's happening, my man? Josh B., are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? We got you. You sound... Yeah, do you have a... I can hear you now, yes. Yes, sir. Can you hear on anything is potable. I'm overjoyed to be talking about the most relevant thing that happened all of last night, you know, the next day, um, which is that the, like, neither of those teams, dude, are, are going to hang with us. Like Miami and Atlanta, that's a joke. It was like watching the all-star game with like eight players who didn't deserve to be there last night. It was, what was a bigger joke, Miami, Atlanta or Lakers, Timberwolves? Um, Jimmy Butler getting Lakers, blocked on three consecutive possessions at the rim was the biggest joke um, that I saw. So, yeah, Miami was was the bigger joke. Like, with the Lakers, you can just be like, well, LeBron is old, so you're kind of expecting it. But, like, that was a complete fall apart from, like, the national media narrative of, like, Miami's going to actually pose some kind of threat to Boston. Um, absolutely not. And neither are Atlanta. Um, I'll be very excited to see the Caucasian flavor that is Sam Hauser, Mike Muscala, Peyton Pritchard, and um, – and um, Luke Cornett getting off against the Atlanta Hawks. Like, I, I guess that's where I would start with you is, do you think that our bench is, go- our deep bench, specifically um, the four white guys that I just mentioned, are going to get more run in this upcoming Atlanta series? Or do you think that Joe Missoula is going to play it tight to the vest and overwork our starters in a series that I, I really, I'd be shocked if it was a gentleman's sweep. I think it's going to go four to zero. That would be my first question. But I've got so much more that I that I need to ask you. Oh, you're just ready. You're just ready. Oh, I, I, love I really it. am today. Uh, yeah. Someone in the chat is asking, do you have a job or do you just prepare for anything as possible? I do have a job. My job is as a <laughs> medical coder um, and I sit at my desk all day long and I review the most boring doctor charts and try and um, get them for fraud. Right. So like I'm constantly looking for. Um, doctors who I believe are committing fraud and trying to eliminate healthcare waste. I don't, you know, it's me and about 7,000. You're trying to fix the world. The best I can. The best I can. And then I wait, I wait all day to just talk Celtics um, with the anything is potable boys. So the answer is both double-sided. Yes, I have a job, but yes, I'm also waiting for this. I, I, I love it. Now we'll get, get to your question, which is how much does Missoula play the starters in this series? It's it's a playoffs, man. It's a playoffs. Um, I don't think these are going to be just blowout games. I, I do think Atlanta will be able to, to score on Boston. Atlanta's offense is really good. Trey Young is really tough to stop. He makes you guard a lot of space. Um, and then... Under Quinn Snyder, he's trying to get them to shoot a lot more threes. 
They were never a team that shot a lot of threes. They shot one of the numbers that stood out from the playing game. They shot 41 threes, um, which is very out of character, was out of character for them before they got rid of Nate McMillan. So I, I just think this is a team that's probably going to be a little different than it was during most of the regular season. Probably going to be a little tougher to guard than it was during most of the regular season. And this was a good offense during most of the regular season. Um, but I just don't see how the Hawks stop Boston. And especially with Trey Young. Like, Trey Young is going to be such... He's just going to be an absolute target for every second he's on the court. For Jason Tatum, for Jalen Brown, even for Marcus Smart, for Malcolm Brogdon, for Derek White. All those guys are just going to go right at Trey Young. And the Celtics can be relentless. They're big. They're strong. And Trey Young is just not, I don't think, going to be up for that challenge. Defensive. I'm all I'm sorry, I'm all the way with you on this. And beyond that, like the the thing that the Hawks are really bad at is like is guarding the three. Like I know they I know they need to shoot more threes, but like people were I mean, you can get threes on these guys. And again, I hate to bring this up, but you know that he's my favorite guy. Sam Hauser like killed the Atlanta Hawks. All four games, I think. I might be wrong, wrong on that. But every game I remember, Sam Hauser getting wide open threes. What's Clint Capella going to do with Al Horford? I get it that you can bang down low with um, with um, Robert Williams. But, like, why even bother? Why not just play Mike Muscala and Al Horford and play Clint Capella off the floor the same way that you would play Brooke Lopez off the floor? Sorry to foreshadow things. But, like, <laughs> but well, like I, I don't think – I don't see Muscala – playing a lot of minutes in this series, unless they're still trying to limit Robert Williams' workload. Um, because to me, it's it's stagger out Horford and Robert Williams. It's play them together for a while if you want. But those guys should be splitting 48 minutes at center. And you can just play small. You don't have to have your big man spacing. Um uh, I don't know. To, to me, it's like, wh- why play Muscala, who's going to be, if he's on the court against Trey Young, that's that's feast season. That's that's just bad. I, I hear you, and I say, I, I, I hear your and point. And probably Murray, I, too. It's not just yeah. Trey Young. Well, I, I hear your point, and I raise you this. Why would you even goof around with like three, like, why would you even goof around with like trying to battle with Clint Capella? The reason why I would take Robert Williams off the floor in the first place is because his great strength is muscling for rebounds, being really effective on defense, being able to sort of get out to that three pointer um, when a big guy is shooting it or something like that. But if you have Al Horford or Mike Muscala on the floor at any point, you're essentially playing five out and you're saying, you know what, Clint Capella? Come out here to the perimeter. You and Trey Young, Trey Young can take turns at being the worst defender of the three-pointer, and the Celtics should just bomb away. I mean, it's a horrible matchup for, for the Celtics. And so when Al needs a breather, you know, why take your foot off the gas? These are the playoffs. You know, why, why goof around, I guess is my point, and, and finish this series the same way you finished Kevin Durant um, in the Brooklyn Nets. I, I guess this this sort of question, this line of thinking, is the reason why I think the Celtics are going to go eventually all the way. But like, why I can't get to this idea of like the Eastern Conference Finals, like 
being a real match. I, and this is the big question that I sort of want to ask you. In my head, what goes on is Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Brooke Lopez all need to be on the floor in order for Milwaukee to compete with us. Now, you can say, oh, well, they only need to play 30 minutes or 35 minutes or 36 minutes, but that if any one of those four is off, that Milwaukee is at a significant disadvantage. And yet the national media continues to tell me, no, 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 Milwaukee's the favorite, Milwaukee's the favorite. You're not counting hard enough on Zion, or not on Zion, on on Giannis. I don't understand what I'm missing here on how Brooke Lopez can even play in the the series. Isn't this like a can't-play-canter kind of situation? Because Al Horford just stretches him all the way out and like you, you remove him from the paint. His best attribute is drop coverage, drop defensive coverage. He can't do that against the Celtics because he's so busy guarding the three-point line um, with Al Horford and with our five-out lineup. And if Brooke isn't there, then essentially what you're asking is you're asking our two, guy, our two main guys, Tatum or Brown, um, to go at Giannis and Drew, which I'm not saying is an easy task. But one of the great things about the Milwaukee Bucks is that if you do get past them, Brooke is waiting in the middle. But I don't think Brooke can play against us if Al is over there in the corner just waiting to hit a three. Help me out here. It's, explain to me what I'm missing here in my analysis. My man Josh is getting way ahead of himself. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Josh. Love you, man. Uh, you're already you're already looking at, at the Buck series, which is a month down the road if it happens at all. You're already just salivating at the idea of of Brooke Lopez guarding the Celtics, guarding Al Horford. Um, I think the Celtics they still had a lot of trouble scoring against Milwaukee last season, and the Celtics' offense is different for sure. They're better, they're sharper, they have more options. Malcolm Brogdon is a big deal. Derek White is a different person entirely, but like. They they had trouble scoring against Milwaukee, <laughs> but let, let's dial it back a little bit. Let's let's stick with Celtics Hawks, um, and kind of where the Celtics are at. One of the things that I'm really interested in seeing is how Joe Mazzulla decides to play, and and by that I mean mostly like does he start Robert Williams? Robert Williams they ramped up his minutes over the last two games he played in the regular season. They started him next to Al Horford against Toronto, and it looked amazing defensively. And, you know, the the Celtics, they finished second in defensive efficiency this season. They think they can defend at a much higher level. And I, I looked, I was watching, there was a clip going around Twitter yesterday. Um, I think it was yesterday. Like I saw it in my For You column. And it was the Celtics defense on Kevin Durant. And it was like two minutes of highlights of the Celtics giving Kevin Durant hell. And I remembered, oh my God, (laughs) that defense last season was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. They were so disruptive. They were so physical. They were so aggressive. They were so able to take Everybody, except Stephen Curry, put everybody else out of what they wanted to do. And do they have that? Are they going to go big? Are they going to play Al Horford and Robert Williams together in the starting lineup? Are they going to stick with Derek White in the starting lineup? He's been awesome 
all season long? I don't know. And and that's a big question. I don't think it will really matter too much against Atlanta. But how are they going to play against Philly? Which has Joel Embiid. Do you want the two big guys there? Because Robert Williams can be lurking while Al Horford guards Joel Embiid. Or do you want to go small? Force Joel Embiid to guard the perimeter. Maybe tire him out because he's in the actions all day. I don't know. Um, but I am curious to see how Missoula coaches, how he chooses his starting lineup, which way he wants to play. Because I really, I go into the playoffs and I don't know who will be in the starting lineup. Robert Williams started briefly when he, like they were close to 10 games, I think. Um, when he was healthy and available to play full minutes and he started next to Al Horford. Since then, he got hurt. He came back. He was on a minutes restriction. So I'm not really sure. Um, this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We'll bring up Jonathan now. Jonathan R., you are on the stage. Thanks, What's Jay. Uh, I just want to point out that uh, not only does Joshua B. help uh, – find out doctor fraud, medical fraud. He's also pointing out frauds on the basketball court, and I think that's very invaluable. Um, All he does is just down frauds. I also want to thank the Atlanta Hawks for saving us from hearing more about Deke Walter for at least this year, which is very important. Um, but I have my question for you, Jay, and I, I just to address the defense thing, I think – I think it's a it's a fair point comparing it to the the, the the physicality of last year, but I'm curious to see how the physicality picks. If anything, if like, like last night is an indication and in how they kind of change in the playoffs, I the ref the refing. I mean, I I wonder if the physicality will pick up just naturally because they're letting more things go. But my question for you is, if you had to make an argument for the Hawks to win this series, what is that argument? Like, what does that actually look like? Or even, or even a really competitive series, like a 6-7 game tier? That's a great question. Um, I think that the – first of all, like Trey Young would need to have a great series. He would need to be efficient. He would need to draw fouls. He would need to set up other guys. He would need to hold up defensively. Um, and then probably the Celtics would just need to miss a bunch of three pointers and keep taking a bunch of three pointers in lieu of attacking Trey Young and getting to the paint and trying to use their size advantage that way. Uh, 
but that's 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 the path for Atlanta is like be awesome on offense and have the Celtics miss some shots. It's possible. Like there have been stretches when the Celtics have missed shots this season. It's possible that Atlanta will score on Boston. They they have a really capable offense. And Trey Young is really, really tough to guard. Um but like I guess one of the reasons why I, I don't take the Hawks entirely seriously as a challenger to Boston is I remember what happened against Miami last year. And and obviously DeJounte Murray's in town now. The Hawks supporting cast is different. Their coach is different. Like I said, Quinn Snyder is kind of modernizing their offense, forcing them to shoot a ton of threes. That has been clearly from what he said, from what players have said, from how the team has actually evolved. That's been a huge focus for him is getting them to to launch three-pointers and getting them to to take advantage of the math that Joe Mazzulla loves so much. Um, so they're, they're different than they were last year, but just remember all of Miami's switches and just the way they were able to take Trey Young out of everything that he wanted to do. He had a terrible series. He was awful. And that was because Miami was big. Miami was physical. Miami was versatile. And the Celtics are all of those things. And I just don't think Trey Young is going to have an easy time taking advantage of the Celtics defense. If they do have another gear, which they believe they do, and I think they do, now that Robert Williams is back, now that it's the playoffs, now that they'll be amped up, I just don't see Atlanta scoring at a super high level. And I don't think anything less than that will be enough because the Celtics are going to score and they're going to score a lot and they should not have a problem scoring. I think in some ways it'll probably be, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not too high on Atlanta's chances of even making this a very competitive series. But we'll see. We will see. We will see. Uh, I'm going to bring up John O next. John O, what you got for us? You are on the stage. Hey, Jay, can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right, sweet. So I think... I agree with you on your points on how I'm not concerned about this series per se. I kind of view the series as the Celtics like training wheels to a successful playoff run. Like how you ride, ride a bike, you need the training wheels first. Yeah. Mine. And the only thing that I can see the Celtics having trouble with is I think the Hawks are like a quote unquote aggravating team where I think they get under people's skin enough where that is like Trey on Trey on like foul baiting calls, Clint Capella getting every offensive rebound known to mankind and stuff like that. And I think that's what happened with the Miami game last night. I think Miami just got annoyed with how the game was going and then it never stopped. Even if when they went on wrong. So my question with you, and this is concerning Jason Tatum is 
Do you think we're going to see points in the series where Jason Tatum is going to get frustrated? And Jason Tatum, in like the last month, is like where it rains and pours, right? When if he starts shooting bad, he tries to get out of it, and sometimes he doesn't. So my question is, do you think we're going to see that somewhat in this series? Uh, maybe. I I mean, it's always a chance that he gets frustrated and doesn't feel like he's getting calls and starts complaining a little bit. But number one, it's playoffs. Like, not really time for that. And and I think Tatum understands that. I think he will be on a mission. He was, he was really, really impacted by the loss to Golden State and the way he played against Golden State. And he spent the summer just thinking about it, just sitting in it, just absolutely hating the way that he played against the Warriors and the way that it caused the Celtics to fall short. He is going to be so amped up for the playoffs for this series. I think, and Atlanta, (laughs) they don't really have many guys to guard him. They don't have many options there. I think Jason Tatum is going to have an enormous series. I think he is going to be dominant on both ends of the court i think you'll see his defense reach a level it hasn't in a while and so no i I don't think there will be too much frustration i think he he's too ready for this he's been waiting for this for a long time we saw after the all-star break he lost focus at times did not play up to his standard for a little while you could see him ramp things up the last couple of weeks of the season as the team ramped things up the last couple of weeks of the season. And now it's playoff time. Now is his chance to, to redeem what happened last year. And I think he's going to be very, very ready for that. I think he is, he is, he, this is what he's been waiting for for a long time. This is what he's been preparing for, for a long time. Um, I know I hyped up, I I talked a lot about how many minutes he played throughout the season. And I do think that was a problem for a while. The Celtics were able to get him rest down the stretch of the regular season. They have a week from their last regular season game, which he didn't play in to the opening day of, of the playoffs. He should be rest. He should be ready. And, uh, and Atlanta has no one to guard him. So it's going to be a big, big Jason Tatum series, I believe. Alejandro, we are bringing you up on stage. You've got next. What do you have for us, my man? Oh, you have left. Oh, there you are. There you are, Alejandro. Hey, Jay, you hear me? Hello. You are you are there. We can hear you. Sweet. Well, thank you for hosting. It's been a while since I've been able to come into one of the games. So glad to be here today. Yeah, um, awesome. Thanks for calling in. Yeah. So I think I know exactly how this series is going to go, and it may surprise some people. But if you look at the stats, the Hawks have been within one game of five hundred since like forever, since January. 
They are one game over 500 right now. So here's what's going to happen. <laughs> the Celtics are going to win the first two games, obviously. That'll put the Celtics one game, the Hawks one game under 500. Game three is going to be the classic oh first home game of a series of the of the underdog team. They'll get some free throws, some nice refing. They'll, they'll win that one. Celtics will bounce back in game four. Now game five is where it gets interesting. Something no one has brought up that's very important. The Hawks have this guy called Sadiq Bay, who absolutely kills the Celtics. So game five is going to be the Sadiq Bay game. Unfortunately, he's going to go seven for Sadiq nine Bay from game. three and have thirty points. And everyone's going to go ballistic. Are the Celtics in danger? Are they going to lose the series? But then they'll come back and, and win on the road in Atlanta game six. <laughs> I love that you came in and, and gave your, your little mini prediction game by game that we usually do at the start of the regular season. That is that is a nice touch. That is a very nice touch. Um, I I don't think it will be a six-game series. I think it will be four or five. Um, and I love that you brought up that Atlanta has been within one game of 500. For, it's been like two months, right? Like, it, it's an absurd... Yeah, they just cannot win or lose three games in a row. Like, just can't do it. They cannot get two games above 500 or two games below 500. My prediction is that they will finally get to two games below 500. It will be game five. And it will end their season. Like, the the time when that streak finally ends for them will just be the end for them. That's that's how I see it going. But we'll see. We will see. I I really don't think this is going to be a, a super taxing series for the Celtics. Um, I just don't think. <laughs> it's funny because I feel like I, and I, I don't have the stats in front of me. Um, I'm trying to research them right now. But I feel like his reputation as a Celtics killer is mostly based off his rookie season when he was awesome against them. Uh, and I could be wrong, but I don't remember him having like super huge games against them other than that rookie season when he just never missed. Like he hit every shot. And that was a year they passed on him to take, was it Romeo Langford or Aaron? I think it was Aaron Neesmith. And, and everyone was just kind of freaking out because Sadiq Bey would always just splash jumpers against the Celtics. Uh, and he's like, he's a pretty good player. He's, he's not bad. Um, but uh, probably not worth as much as the Celtics freaked out. Celtics fans freaked out over him that first year. But he did never, ever miss against the Celtics for a while. And if he does that again, it, it would probably be bad for Boston. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you, man. Um, yeah, this has been fun. I appreciate you guys all calling in. Appreciate the the time that you guys spend listening to us. Uh, we are going to be podcasting just about every day, every weekday throughout the playoff run. Um, so I 
I hope that you guys will join us. I hope you guys will stay listening to us. I hope you guys will subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever else you could subscribe to podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Hopefully Packard will get healthy again soon. We're going to need him in the playoffs. I, uh, I'm still sad. Still sad that I'm not going to get to go to Miami. Still sad. Just sad. <laughs> I'm supposed to be on the fucking beach. God damn it. God damn it. I'm going to Atlanta instead. So many Celtics players have ties to Atlanta, by the way, which is kind of just a strange thing. Al Horford played there. Mike Muscala played there. Malcolm Brogdon was born there. Jalen Brown was born there. Ben Sullivan coached there. Who else? I, I think there's there's other people with Atlanta ties too. Um, but just just a lot of Atlanta ties on the Celtics roster, which is another layer to it that doesn't really matter, but I guess it does. Probably going to be a, a somewhat of a thing that Al Horford will be playing his his former squad. After leaving them for the Celtics years ago, I'm sure that he'll get some boos in Atlanta, which is hilarious because Al Horford is booing Al Horford is just like like booing the biggest gentleman in in sports. Um, but they've done, I I think they've done it before. Atlanta crowds suck too. They suck. Even when they have good teams, Atlanta crowds suck. Hawks, Hawks fans, they they don't show up on time. They're not great. Not great at all. Not a great environment to go to. So I'm I'm missing Miami. I'm missing Miami. But but thanks thanks for coming to podcast, guys. I appreciate you all. And uh tune in. We'll be coming back with plenty of podcasts. We'll have one after the game on Saturday. We will have one. I think the next one after this one will be released Friday morning. Um, And we're going to just be churning out the content. We're going to have, we're amping it up. It's playoff time. Like the Celtics want to do on defense, we are turning it up. Thank you for listening to anything anything is potable. And I would scream it, but I miss Packard. I miss him, man.